The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. Guys, I have got myself a serious problem right now. It's called a sugar high from all this Kool-Aid I've been drinking tonight. Welcome in to Clubhouse Conversation. The Royals win 6 to nothing over St. Louis in Game 1 of a four-game set. And I go from drinking gin and juice the last two days in Toronto, that's the, you know those games drove me to, to drinking Kool-Aid tonight. Such is life as a Royal supporter and fanatic. But this one felt good, didn't it? To quote Nuke LaRouche from Bull Durham, man, I love winning. And this just felt right tonight, didn't it? It's like that first date with your future wife. It just felt right. Something about Danny Duffy going six shutout innings just made me feel good. The offense driving in runs thanks to the extra base hit to get things going, and the Royals playing a clean defensive game and winning this one. we got to start with Danny Duffy tonight. How about that for a statement for a rebound start? Six one-hit shutout innings for Duff with five strikeouts and one walk. Six innings, one hit, five strikeouts, one walk, zero runs for Danny Duffy. And I like, too, his pitch efficiency was just at 14 pitches an inning, 85 pitches in six innings, 55 were strikes. He could have easily gone out for one more inning there in the seventh inning. I was okay with Ned pinch hitting, though, for him. The Royals, just to recap you, already had three runs home. They had a runner at second. With nobody out, that runner was Mike Moustakis. The problem I have with Ned Pinch hitting for Duffy there is why wouldn't you have bunted over Mike Moustakis standing on second base? If you knew you were going to pinch hit for Duffy next with Billy Butler, you definitely bunt him over to third, get that fourth run in with Billy Butler coming up to pinch hit. And, of course, Butler did hit a fly ball to medium depth right field that would have scored Mike Moustakis on a sack fly to make it 4 nothing. So it seemed kind of like a spur of the moment, not well thought out thing by Ned. Uh, you know, but, you know, whatever. Didn't didn't matter. It worked out. But, you know, I'm somebody who points out when he does well and points out when he does bad, in my opinion. And even on a win, I think it's you got to be consistent with what you're talking about and what you see. So that's the one thing I did see tonight. I found that interesting that they were going to pinch it for Duffy there, that they wouldn't have sacrificed with Escobar to get Moose to third with Butler coming up in that situation. As it was, didn't matter. Royals won 6 nothing. Fantastic. But, yeah, Duffy was awesome tonight. Kelvin Herrera, Wade Davis, Aaron Crow. Finish things off with three scoreless innings. And offensively, let's talk about the offense tonight. It was kind of a snooze fest, the first six innings. But the offense had a pretty good approach out there against Shelby Miller, I thought. They really did. They seemed to be waiting more for their pitch tonight. And Alex Gordon leading off that seventh inning, his fifth home run of the year. And then it got fun right after that, didn't it? It's like a big burden lifted off the Royals at that point. Salvador Perez singles to the left on a sharp ground ball that just gets past third base. Then you have Salvi going to second on a wild pitch. Low Kane and infield singles. You've got first and second. How about another wild pitch for second and third for the Royals? And then Mike Moustakis connects. Double left center field gap. Smoke the ball for Moose. I was... Got to admit, I was a little giddy in the living room watching this one on my big screen, hearing the fans in St. Louis yelling, Moose, some of the Royals fans down there. That was cool. Still think it's early to bring it back. Still on that bandwagon also. But it was a good job by Moose. I hope like hell he just makes everyone look stupid and comes up here and rakes. I hope like hell. That was great to see him connect on that and to the left center field gap. And as I've been saying all year with Moose, too, give him credit. Sure, he swings at some first pitches. Everyone on this team does. But 
he has been taking more pitches per at bat and walking more this year than ever. His you can't fault his approach. I don't know if it's just his hands or what it is. His stance a little bit different now. He lost some of the openness he had. So we'll see if that helps. Hopefully working with Tommy Gregg down in Omaha, albeit for only a week and a half, but hopefully that did help things out. It was nice to see Moose get things going, put the Royals ahead three nothing. And then in the eighth, just for fun, the Royals added three more on a two run single by Salvador Perez, who finished with three hits tonight. And a sack fly from Lorenzo Kane finished the scoring. Six to nothing. Nice, nice win. I love the lines. Six run, nine hits, no errors for the Royals. No runs, two hits, two errors for St. Louis. And I'm also an ERA dork. I love ERA. I, I, I you know, as I get older, I, you know, understand some of the advanced stats more. And ERA doesn't totally, you know, show that everything, especially for relief pitchers when you deal with inherited runners and all that jazz. But you got to admit, these ERAs are pretty sexy for June. Three oh five for Duff. 161 for Kelvin, 142 for Wade, 292 for Crow. Just great seeing that here this late in the season as we get into June, third of the way through the season. The Royals are now just three games under 500. Let's talk about tomorrow. The Royals are going to win tomorrow night. I'm 80% positive about tomorrow night. James Shields, look it up in his career, coming off off of games where he struggled, which he definitely did that last start against Toronto, is nails. James Shields facing a team without the DH where he has two free outs from the pitcher, facing a team who can't really hit this year, just like the Royals, basically. The Royals are almost playing themselves in this series, to be honest with you. A team that pitches well, plays pretty good defense, has been disappointing at the plate, has potential power hitters, but they aren't really coming through yet. That's me knocking on wood. James Shields, I love this matchup tomorrow against lefty Jaime Garcia. It's his fourth start of the year, coming off an injury. He has a 4-1-2, 1-0. Nothing worth talking about with his sample size. Hasn't pitched much this year, but just got a good feeling. I think if the Royals can give James Shields three runs tomorrow, we have a damn good chance at winning this game. Because I'm seeing seven innings, two runs out of Shields tomorrow night against the Cardinals. You should have Davis and Holland both available again. Davis threw less than 20 pitches. Holland didn't play or pitch tonight, obviously, so that helps. So you should have both those two available to shut the door. I think if he can give us seven innings, two runs, I love our chances tomorrow of winning, and I do expect Shields to do that tomorrow against the Cardinals. Get that one tomorrow. Come home with some uh, real momentum at that point. You come home, you split with Toronto, you take two from St. Louis. That's four of your last six. You're coming home. Sure, it's almost a neutral game with the Cardinals fans here, but the Royals will have plenty of support at home. I'll be out there ripping my ass off. I know you will, too. By the way, tickets are available. I was talking to Toby Cook from the Royals today. There are tickets available. They do expect some sellouts this weekend, but there are definitely seats available for both the Yankees and the Cardinals. So, Definitely check that out out at the K. Let's get out there and support these guys this weekend because we're really at a turning point. As I've been saying here, going into that Toronto series, I said the Royals were dangerously close to getting buried. They came out of there alive, splitting that series. You know, and, and this is this is the time where they got to make a run. This is the time to make a statement. So th- this is the time to put your all your eggs in the basket. Go all in with this team. Spend some money. Go out there, support them, cheer them on, have some pride in your team. This is the time to do it, guys. We got to get fired up right now. Because you know what? We've got all winter and the second half of the summer to bitch and moan and groan if things don't turn out the way we want them to. But right now, they still can. Right now, we still have a chance at this thing. So let's go out there, support our boys. Drink some Kool-Aid with me. I've got a pitcher waiting just for you. Now, one other thing to talk about tonight before we let you go is Lewis Coleman sent down, which makes sense. We talked about that yesterday, how he had given up runs. I believe it was, what, five of his last six outings, I think is what I said yesterday. So Lewis Coleman's been struggling in the ERA north of six, I would imagine. Tim Collins, three scoreless innings, saved him on Saturday. Or as Royals fans call it, the Aaron Brooks day. 
So Tim Collins is still up here, but um, Lewis Coleman down for now. I, I think Col- I think Collins could be going down at some point if the struggles continue because you need you need him to be better than a mop up guy in this bullpen. Honestly, the Royals promote Wilking Rodriguez. Interesting guy, interesting choice. He wasn't on the forty, and I would have rather seen Spencer Patton come up. Not just because we talked to him today on Clubhouse Conversation. Shameless plug. Check out that interview if you haven't listened to it yet here on the site with Spencer Patton, Omaha's closer. Spencer Patton's got an ERA. He pitched three innings tonight. It's 1.27. He's got 10 saves. He's getting well over a K per inning. He's got a whip under one. Spencer Patton, the Royals developed him. You know, he doesn't have Will King Rodriguez stuff. He's not throwing up there 95 to 100 with that hammer-breaking ball like Rodriguez has. But he's been very consistent the last two years. He's a guy you developed. Great kid. And, and somebody I do think will have a nice, long major league career. I think we'll see Spencer Patton here at some point in 2014. But interesting choice for the Royals going with Rodriguez. I get it, though. Great stuff. And if one thing Dayton Moore, the biggest strength to me that Dayton Moore has done since being here in KC, he knows how to have a bullpen. The Royals, for the majority of the time Dayton has been here, has had you know I've had a very good bullpen. So, you know, I got to give Dayton credit too, and of course give Scott Sharp and JJ Picola credit on that also, and Luis Medina and everybody else. But the Latin pitchers in particular, the Royals have had out of the bullpen since Dayton Moore's been here. He's found some pretty good gems out of that bullpen, Latin-wise. You know, Joaquin Sora maybe is not Latin. He's Mexican. I don't know if that's considered <laughs> Is that Latin America? I don't think it is. I think Mexico's not. But you go from Robinson to Haida, he's had out there, to Victor Marte, who's had a little major league career, to Francis Lee Bueno. Um, going on and on and on with these guys he's had out there in the bullpen. Now you have Wilking Rodriguez. You had... Uh, in the past, Ramon Ramirez, Leo Nunez was out there. Now, not every single one of those guys did Dayton acquire, but the majority of them he did. Did he acquire Leo Nunez? I'm trying to think off the top of my head. That was very close to the end of – yeah, I think that was more, wasn't it? Anyway, I'm talking out loud here. My point being, to give Dayton props for the job he's done with the bullpen, you can never question him on the bullpen. So, Rodriguez, a guy that's had trouble staying healthy in his in his minor league career, never pitched above A ball until this year, but he gets it up there in a hurry. He's always been injured, but he's healthy now. Came up through Tampa, too. You can't argue with Tampa's results with pitching either. So, interesting choice for the Royals. I'm excited to see Rodriguez get out there. I was kind of secretly hoping he'd come in in the ninth inning when they were ahead 6 to nothing. But I guess you don't want to put a kid in his major league debut in a near-must-win game, and you don't want to mess around and have to end up using Holland. So, I get it. Getting Crow out there, getting some kinks ironed out after two of his last three outings have been rough. So, we'll see what uh, Rodriguez does. Hopefully, we won't see him for a few days because – I would assume when he pitches, the Royals are probably in deep extra innings or a starter is left early and the Royals are behind. So let's hope we don't see Rodriguez for a while. Let's just keep seeing our main guys there in the 8th and 7th and ninth innings because that means our starters are going deep in the game and we have a great chance of winning all those games. So I'm going to go ahead and say we're going to win tomorrow. I expect us to split when we come home. I think 3 out of 4 against the Cardinals is going to happen, guys. And make sure you let them know about it too, their fans, since we all know about 20,000 of them. Go Royals, have some pride, get out there and support these boys this weekend. That's all I'm going to say about that. Like I said, we got plenty of time to worry about things. If they go wrong, we, can, we got plenty of time to talk about that, guys, and we will. But for now, we're going to stay positive. We're going to grasp this, and we're going to see if we can't get some damn momentum going here. Like, like the second half of last year, I just keep feeling like we're about to break through. So let's keep things going. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow here on Clubhouse Conversations.